win-loss is really important for us to be able to understand themes within each of our opportunities so that way we can repeat our sales processes but also uh, ultimately be able to develop anecdotes and customer stories to show success that we can then replicate and with other customers as well. If you're a product marketer, you're probably spending countless hours trying to understand how to tell compelling stories about new solutions that are well aligned with buyer's needs. Chances are you're digging into your CRM and you're talking to sellers and customers to understand buyers' challenges, but how do you connect the dots to deliver true value and make these products sellable? Today's guest, Mike Dupuy, is a product marketing manager at Atlassian who believes so strongly in the power of win-loss analysis as an indispensable tool to bring products to new markets more effectively. Listen to Mike as he explains how he leverages win-loss analysis to expand visibility into their sales cycle and identify the right buyer personas to better enable sellers. Well, hello, Mike. Thank you so much. Uh, welcome to Blindspots. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. Wonderful. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. I think you folks have a really interesting story there at Atlassian. I'm really excited to share some of your experiences with our uh, listeners here today. Maybe a great place just to sort of set the table for the folks listening here. And perhaps you could just share briefly a little bit about what you consider to be your core responsibilities out there and, and particularly how it relates to a win-loss program. Absolutely. So I'm a product marketing manager here at Atlassian, and my role uh, specifically focuses on how to bring new solutions to market in our enterprise space. So working across product teams and finding new ways for our high-touch sales teams to be able to sell to enterprises. And where win-loss specifically fits in here is that most of our customers that we're selling to at this point, they are enterprises. They do have formal processes in the way that they evaluate solutions. And so win-loss is really important for us to be able to understand themes within each of our opportunities. So that way we can repeat our sales processes, but also uh, ultimately be able to develop anecdotes and customer stories to show success that we can then replicate and with other customers as well. You said something there that I think is is really interesting. A lot of software companies have what they think of sales cycle, right? How, how do we go about accelerating our sales cycle, expanding our sales cycle. And what sometimes I think gets lost is that really it's often more about these these organizations that you're selling to, these enterprises you describe, but they have their own ways of buying things. They have really a buyer's cycle more so and trying to understand what that buying cycle is, is it really sort of a fundamental uh, component of figuring out what your sales cycle is. How do you sort of think about the difference between a a sales cycle and a, and a buyer's cycle? From a sales cycle perspective, right? You know, we want to ensure that as we enable our sales team, we're giving them the processes, the tools, the resources to effectively communicate our solution and really be able to identify what makes us unique and what ultimately should be the motivation behind a company purchasing a solution. And then on the other side, from the, the buyer's journey, it's important to understand and meet your buyers where they are. It's important to understand how their evaluation process looks like, especially when you deal with these enterprises. In some opportunities, you may find that you're selling to do just one particular team. Otherwise, you may find that you're selling across an organization. And so each of those different journeys definitely uh, requires some sort of adjustment. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of companies struggle to 
adapt their sort of sales cycle to to buyer cycles. Does win loss specifically help you address that? It does. I, I think one of the core motivations behind working with Double Check for win loss was really around expanding our visibility into what actually takes place in the sales cycle across our customers. So while we use CRMs to capture core customer data and, and manage opportunities, you know, having some of those insights into where a process may stall or where we can find opportunities to uh, accelerate the sales process and take those learnings and reapply those are very important to us. And so win loss has been critical into giving us visibility into, for example, who the right persona is that we should be talking to for certain use cases and solutions and opportunities. Where do we encounter some roadblocks along the way? What are some of the messages that are resonating? Who are some of the competitors that our buyers are starting to look at based on a particular solution or use case? Fascinating. You talked a little bit about your your role there in the organization. How does the rest of the organization sort of understand the value of, of your role? With my role, I'm a product marketing manager on a team of product mar- marketing managers who have been tasked with really helping Atlassian bring solutions to market. Whereas the company is really traditionally focused on selling products and they do an excellent job at that. Uh, they use a model called Flywheel uh, internally, which is where we deliver a great product that a customer loves for a particular use case. For example, Jira, they sign up on the website. They don't really have to engage with sales very much and they're able to get value from the product right away. The side of the house that I work on is pretty, not new to Atlassian, but it's unique to Atlassian in the fact that we're really targeting some of those enterprises that have much more complex sales cycles and purchasing cycles. They aren't typically looking at products and individual features. They more have their enterprise challenges and they're looking for vendors to meet them there and recommend solutions and guide them in that direction. So that could include one product, it could include multiple products. I think from an organization perspective, you know, where my role and my peers' roles really add value is helping us connect that story and build that story of how we can go to market in a space that we aren't as familiar with as we would be with a flywheel, for example. And and how long have you personally been working with, with win-loss programs? Um, I've come across win-loss programs throughout my career in product marketing. So for the last decade or so, specifically at, at Atlassian, I've been working with the win-loss program a little over six months now. And from your perspective or from what you know, what was sort of happening in the business that led to looking at win-loss as something that potentially would make a difference for Atlassian? I think there were a couple of factors. So one factor would be uh, related to our CRM. So one of the things that our sales team uses, of course, is their CRM system. And we really wanted to make that process as easy as possible for our sellers to manage deals and opportunities there. And so with that, comes the trade-off of what fields do you make required? Which ones do you make not required? And so if you look at our CRM, we just didn't have as much data as we would like to be able to help inform our sellers of like, here's your golden opportunity that you know nine times out of 10, you're going to succeed. And these are the ones to walk away from. We just didn't really have that data in our CRM system. So I would say the first real motivation around the win-loss analysis was around how do we gain insights into those pieces. So that way we can create more repeatable 
uh, winning patterns for our sellers. The other area is really around competitive as well. So as we look in our data, you know, we're, we're a pretty lean team and we're competing against a lot of different solutions. And we didn't really have the insight from the buyer's perspective where they would view Atlassian compared with other companies and also which products they may have, you know, penned up against each other, especially as we look to solutions where we're talking about multiple products, we're talking about multiple business units internally. And so being able to glean some of those insights to really help us flush out our competitive analysis as well was important. Sure. Makes sense. You know, the the first part you were talking there about with the CRM data, I think a lot of companies um, struggle a little bit similar to as we were talking before around those, you know, the difference between a a selling cycle and a buying cycle. But we, you know, we have this idea of, uh, uh, of what I know is an ICP, right? An ideal customer profile. How do we identify those and how do we make sure we're sort of qualifying our opportunities as it relates to to those sort of customers. But of course, there's an awful lot of variability out there. I imagine sort of if if you have sort of challenges in the CRM, and I know for a fact that I haven't met anybody who is happy with their data cleanliness in, in their right. CRM tool. Um, mm-hmm. But I imagine that so when you're trying to build that ICP, when you're trying to figure out how do we really qualify deals, any gaps that you have in the in the data is going to sort of um, going to be magnified, right? With with making the wrong decisions, and of course, in some ways, it's it, if you have the wrong ICP or if you have the wrong qualifications, I imagine that makes sales jobs actually it actually makes it harder, not easier, right? Exactly, and I would say what really makes Atlassian unique here, kind of going back to Flywheel, is that a lot of times our opportunities surface because we have someone at one of our target companies who really loves our products and they introduce it. And you know, while that's a great thing in a lot of ways, it also can lead to sometimes having the wrong people in the room for certain uh, opportunities. And so one of the really great things about win-loss is we're able to kind of understand those patterns to say, hey, sometimes if we have a, an internal referral for our solution, it would be great if we could actually get these people from that ideal customer profile in the room, because then we'll have conversations that are going to be a bit more elevated in these enterprise solutions that we're really trying to position. So it's it's been really good to see how the win-loss really complements and, and helps us move beyond just flywheel, but also really have that top-down enterprise uh, high-touch sales approach as well. Sure. And I imagine that the customers must appreciate that too, because not only is there obviously a benefit to you and your organization and being able to sell better, but having those meetings where yep. where they make sure the right people are there on on both sides, getting exactly. to a solution quicker, They the customer is going to know that you really do understand them and their needs. Exactly. Absolutely. Very cool. What were you sort of really looking to do with the win-loss? When I picked up the program, we had a handful of reports that had already been created. And one of the things that we did with those reports was we created an internal resource library for our sellers to be able to uh, take a look at real world situations where either an opportunity went really well and that person converted to a customer or we lost a particular opportunity to really understand some of those patterns there so we could uh, identify that earlier or or even based on our learnings. And so one of the, the core goals was one, how do we continue to generate these reports in, in such a way where we really got both sides of the equation? I think if you focus 
primarily just on wins, it's great. You can figure out patterns on the wins, but I think it's just as important to really learn from the losses as well. So how do we continue to generate reports, but also balance them across wins and losses so we have data on both sides of the equation? That was the first goal. The second is, how do we build a way of communicating this out to our sellers? So that way, as we're ramping up new hires, for example, we can get them up to speed, but also give them real world scenarios and stories that they can really speak to and learn from based on other recent opportunities. And so that was another core goal of, of how we were going to communicate that and use that as part of our onboarding process uh, for our sellers to get them ramped up. That's really cool. Do you sort of think about those, uh, some of those quotes as things that you expect uh, those new sellers to be able to use as they sort of begin their journey with the company? Or is it just sort of more for training to make sure that they have a good understanding of the products themselves? I'd say absolutely. You know, being able to go into a customer meeting, it's one thing to have slides and to have your company message and pitch down, but it's another to be able to say, hey, Mr. Customer, let me tell you about you know, company XYZ that we just recently worked with, they experienced the exact same challenges that you're describing to me. And here's how our solution really impacted them. To be able to have those sound bites, I think is really important. One, to build rapport with the customer, but two, to just really show as an example, we've done this before. We know what we're doing and what we're recommending isn't something new. It's it's something that we have experience and we've seen, you know, successes with. So absolutely that is another key area that win-loss really helps us is to get those small sound bites that we can then use to complement the messages and pitches that we put together for our prospects. When you sort of came into the program, w- were there any points of friction with individual salespeople or, or other parts of the organization who perhaps were resistant to using something like win-loss? Do you have challenges sort of getting the program running at a smooth pace? Um, I don't think that... I wouldn't say there was friction. I would say that, you know, one of the the areas that we wanted to explore is, you know, how do we really communicate the value to sellers? Because I think it, we're asking a lot from them in a lot, of, a lot of cases. We're asking for them to make introductions to a vendor, to their customers that they've either worked an opportunity or lost an opportunity or won an opportunity, right? So we're asking for their trust and in, in helping make these introductions so we can collect this data. So I think one of the areas that we really wanted to focus on is to make sure that how do we communicate the value to the sellers to really make them want to participate in something like this. And so by being able to produce some of those win reports and loss reports and and show that and distribute that across the team, that really helped get the buy-in from our sellers to say, wow, the data that we're seeing in these reports is really helpful. We know when this particular competitor comes up, for example, these are some messages that are really resonating. Or we know that if a customer describes this particular challenge, we found that this particular persona is the one that really can speak to the challenge on the customer side or, or can realize the value of what we're presenting on their side. So I think being able to demonstrate the value of the data that's included in the reports really helped us get our sellers on board. And they've been wonderful to work with in terms of those introductions across uh, double checking in their customers. Very cool. So you're sharing the information with, with sales, of course, and we are talking about win-loss programs here too. So you know, if a salesperson has lost the deal, maybe they don't want everything out there for everybody to see. How do you parse what gets shared publicly versus perhaps what gets shared privately? 
That's a good question. And, and something we definitely thought about too is in some of these interviews, there's going to be feedback on the sales process and you know, as a byproduct on the salespeople involved as well. So one of the things as we put together the program that we really wanted to make sure of is that in the reports that we publish, we're not calling anyone out for a particular mistake that they may have made or a customer not liking some part of the sales process. And so in doing that, what we've decided on is to have two versions of reports created. So we have our full report and it includes every every question that's asked during the interview and, and we collect data there. But we also wanted to create a redacted report. And this is what we share broadly across the organization. Um, and by redacted report, I mean that we're pulling out any sort of personal information around the sales process. For positive information, of course, definitely going to give kudos to the team and share it. But we wanted to also say, hey, we're as we publish these reports, we really care about like the common themes. You know, if someone didn't like a particular phone call or whatever, we don't want to include that, you know, for the whole company to see. So really making sure that everything that we share really just motivates our sellers to participate and and removing any any information that could um, you know cause people to be hesitant about continuing with the program and and do you take some of that perhaps some of that redacted information do you do you share it with them privately does it go to sort of the, the sales leadership or does it just sort of get put in a in a box somewhere yeah I think it's it's important to review it right we we always want to learn from areas where we could have done better. I think that's super important. And so what we do is we aggregate as we get these reports, as we start to see areas where it's a process, you know, we could recommend process improvement, or maybe there's a point of friction that we just see across different opportunities, you know, absolutely surfacing that information, but just not really, you know, tying it to a particular individual, right? We don't want to call people out. We want to just learn from areas where we can improve. So absolutely, we use the data. It's just, you know, we're not going to put it publicly, you know, for for people to to point to a particular individual, but but we do want to learn from it always. Very, very interesting. Um, it's a difficult challenge, of course, to negotiate, right? But um, but I think it sounds like you've you found something that works. Yeah, it works really well. And and double check has been amazing about producing these reports. You know, after we laid out our our goals for how we how we plan to share it across the team. And the way that we do that is we use our product confluence, sort of like an mm-hmm. internal wiki. And we have an entire win-loss space within confluence where we publish all of these reports. Um, and so with double check, they provide us two versions of every report. One is that redacted. So we have reports that we can easily uh, share on that space for everyone to view. Thinking back just to some of the sort of tactics of, of managing these programs as well, what for you makes a a good target for for a win loss program? I would say our process is we at the end of each quarter will do a an export of all of the opportunities that are won or lost within that particular quarter, and we work with the sellers to really understand which opportunities would be good for an interview for the win-loss versus a survey versus, you know, maybe we should hold off because an opportunity may still be on the table. And so I think it's really a strong partnership with our sellers to communicate, you know, where that customer is and and whether or not they'd be a good fit for the win-loss interview. So everybody sort of gets involved with thinking about who those right folks would be. Do people have sort of veto power 
over certain things or do you just sort of make a decision within the team? This program is ultimately about helping our sellers, right? And so having our sellers on board is super important for us. And and doing this in partnership with our sellers is really important to us. So I would say we do give some veto power to our sellers for them to say, hey, no, like I have an active opportunity, you know, on the table with this particular customer. I don't think right now is the right time. So really making sure that they're involved in the process of saying, yes, absolutely, we can get data from this this opportunity or no, it's not the right time is important to us. So we try in every opportunity to make sure that our sellers are involved in either making that introduction to double check and the customer and, and making that initial connection or letting us know which which direction we should proceed in terms of seeking information or, or holding off. Makes sense. So, so you're running this program. You have sort of salespeople involved. You're you're turning through interviews. Um, when you get one of these reports, what's the first thing that you do when you get a new one? So, the first thing that we do, we have a weekly call with DoubleCheck. We'll review the report together on our call, highlights any sort of themes that we can see or patterns across reports. You know, we'll we'll work with our DoubleCheck team to uncover those. The next thing that we do is we we share it. So I mentioned before, we have a confluence space mm-hmm. that we create for all of our win-loss reports. We'll put the redacted version of the report up in that win-loss report space. And then we also have communication to our sales team about that, that report. One of the other things that we really loved about the program that we have so far is the executive summary and executive reports that DoubleCheck provides. And what that does is it aggregates the data, the themes, the you know challenges and competitors all across our various wins and losses into a single hour-long presentation where we can really hammer home, here's where we win, here's areas where we've struggled, um, you know, here's the right personas, here's maybe the personas where we would ask them to include someone else in the conversation. So that is another really nice thing about our program is having that executive summary that we can also bubble up in addition to these individual reports. And does that live in the same area, uh, sort of the organization in in Confluence as well? Yes. Cool. And so you mentioned that once you put it into Confluence, I think you said you have communications as well that goes out to sales. Are there other folks sort of on the distribution list or, or alert list as you might think about it other teams, other departments that are also sort of regularly interested in, in getting this information? Absolutely. So when we distribute these, we have Slack channels that are Jira Align sellers, but also anyone adjacent to Jira Align would be included in these channels as well. So we have members of our product team, of course, the product marketing team, the marketing team in general. Most of our channels at Atlassian are all uh, public. So people can subscribe and and get these notices and updates if they're interested. One thing that we found that was really interesting is I had a colleague uh, on a different product in the organization reach out because they saw some of the wins and losses that we were publishing and asked for an introduction to double check because they were uh, excited about the data and they have the same challenge of not really having that data in Salesforce to help guide some of their uh, patterns for sellers. So really interesting to see even areas outside of who we thought would consume the reports, found it interesting and followed up about it. Nice. Do you ever find that there are 
differences sort of between some of that CRM data that we were talking about before and the findings in the in the win-loss programs, both in sort of the individual reports, but also in, in the aggregate? Did those things sometimes not not add up to the sort of same results? And how, how do you resolve sort of differences between the records? One thing that I think adds an interesting perspective in using a third party for win-loss vendors is that you'll get feedback that I think if we were to ask directly as Atlassian, we wouldn't receive. And so, you know, while our, our CRM data for a lot of this information is just, we don't have it. Um, and so the win-loss program helps us. I would say one of the things that customers seem to be a little bit more vocal in their experience and a little bit more raw and, and honest when they're talking to someone, you know, that's not the vendor that either sold them the solution or that they chose not to move forward with. And so I think that's really valuable for us as well is having that third party sort of unbiased opinion. You know, we have we have customers that love our products, they love our company and, you know, probably wouldn't want to tell us anything negative directly to us. But, you know, if there's an area of improvement, they may feel more comfortable uh, sharing that with another vendor. So I think that's a really nice thing to to have that third party perspective. When you're thinking about some of the the ways that this content gets gets used here, do you specifically do quotes from these reports find their way into some of those materials? Is it, is it more sort of getting a general sense of what you should be talking about? Do you use it for sort of understanding what the client's language, the customer's language is going to be, you know, to map their language? Absolutely. So with the reports, I think some of the important things and and specifically for my role and my department on product marketing, right, we're responsible for creating the messages and deciding what that messaging looks like on our website or in our slides. Uh, we're, we're responsible for communicating any updates that take place on our messaging and positioning to our sellers. We're responsible for understanding who our competitors are for which use cases and and how we position against them. What are our unique differentiators that we really need to highlight? And so what we love from these reports is being able to gain insights into how our customers are describing these things. Because you know one of the things we want to do as marketers is not create messages in a vacuum. It's really about collaborating with our sellers and our customers and identifying how are they describing what it is we're doing for them. And these reports really give us insights into, like you said, the lexicon that they're using, the challenges that it's solving. In some cases, it's even which particular market or budget line item they're fitting our particular solution into. And, mm-hmm. and you know, that could be surprising to us where we might think we're, you know, in one market, a customer may perceive us in another. And so that's really interesting and important for us to consider to really enable our sellers to speak to the product in the way that our customers speak about it. I see. Are there other particular places you think of as as where the win-loss data goes? We talked, of course, about enablement and website content, copy, all those sorts of things, which are critical, of course, to get right. Are there other areas that are top of mind for you where, where win-loss data gets consumed and, and used, sort of injected into the business? Yeah, I would say as we collect this data, as we find areas for you know, feature gaps or areas where our competitors may excel, all of that information, we absolutely share back with our product team. What is our our message back to customers who do ask about some of these things? And so I would say, in addition to messaging positioning, it's really around how do we inform our product direction based on our customers' needs as well? 
So they would be a big consumer of this information. Are there specific things you think of as changes that were made that you think were specifically born of, of information found in, in the win-loss program, meaningful changes in either or results that you would attribute directly to your win-loss program? I would say one example that we ran into, uh, it was a recent customer who had just purchased a solution and was in the onboarding process. In the interview that uh, they had, you know, they expressed a couple of concerns and, and a couple of uh, frustrations with the onboarding process. And you know, not having that data, we wouldn't have been so proactive and and really engaging and understanding, you know, how we can make that right with the customer. So um, that was an area where we really saw immediate value of being able to say, oh, wait, like, even though we thought we were doing a good job on our end, you know, we found some gaps there that uh, the customer was feeling and and were able to remediate that because we had these insights from the win-loss report. Well, very cool. So I've heard a lot about about your program as you sort of work through uh, building it up, getting it going, keeping it flowing, and and what you do with the materials when they come back from Double Check. Sort of thinking at a high level here, what's one thing you would do differently with your with your win loss program if you were sort of to start from scratch over? One thing I would do differently would be, and, and we're actually in the process of trying to make these changes, but. Being able to help speed up some of the process is something that we're really trying to work on. And the way that we're we're hoping to do that is by collecting some level of, you know, is this a customer or is this opportunity someone that we can contact for win loss? Or is this someone who would be better suited for a service? Getting some of that data in our CRM uh, to help us kind of expedite the process of, you know, working with the sellers to make sure that these are introductions that we should make to do these reports. So um, that's one area I would say that, you know, we internally would like to do is just speed up how we can make that connection for recent opportunities to double check to, to collect this data. And that was Mike Dupuis, Product Marketing Manager at Atlassian. If you want to learn how you can get a leg up on the competition through win-loss and churn analysis, please check out our recently redesigned blog page at blog.doublecheckresearch.com. Follow Blind Spots by Double Check in your preferred podcast platform and, and don't forget to leave a review. We want to learn how lessons from these win loss warriors are helping you drive change in your organization. Thanks for listening.